it has not gone unnoticed by politically savvy people that the moral and spiritual freefall that the United States is currently undergoing is accelerated, my friends. The United States is currently being ruled, not governed, in what can only be described as a managed decline. Well, the current dismantlement of American values is not a case of incompetence or coincidence. It is a planned attack in the fight of good and evil. The author of the brilliant essay, Darkness Visible When Evil is Unsuspected, Professor Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez will join me along with Dr. Jay Lair and Pastor Rick Stevens will join us here on Viewpoint this Sunday, next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. And we'll start this talk about good and evil with Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez, professor of philosophy at Barry University, Miami Shores, Florida. His new book, The Philosophical Perspective on Cinema, is in the America Out Loud bookstore and on the front page of America Out Loud. So, all right, so listen, I, I want to take this again. I normally go 30, 35,000 feet, but we're going to take it up again to uh, uh, to the edge of space here, okay? To the to the Von Karman line, 62 miles north above sea level. Uh, and if we're if you if we were really able to do that, uh, you know, Professor, and we look down at mankind, who would be winning the fight right now at this moment, good or evil? Well, uh, thank you for having me, Malcolm. Uh, looking at the big picture, remember the '60s and uh, '70s called the big picture. That's that big, you know, view that you're taking. If if you take that big picture, you're going to be looking down on a planet that has massive chaos going on. And if you came from, say, another world and you see these species of individuals that we may or may not be the same species, God knows, uh, it doesn't seem seem like it sometimes, you will be looking at just matter unraveling in a way that we've never seen before. You would be seeing a chaos, a lack of purpose and meaning in these entities living on this planet that is kind of like an anthill without any order in, in a way. Uh, that perhaps we've we've never had in the, in the sense that it's all coming from a existential religious crisis of absolute boredom. You know the old ennui. It's a matter of human beings kind of hitting a wall of lack of purpose. And typically, I think back to the frog in the pot, where it's sort of a slow creep in our lives. And a lot of the times, I'm thinking here as you say what you just say that a lot of people still don't believe what's, it's almost like pinch me, where you just pinch, is this really like happening? I mean, it started with the whole, you know, it started well before the COVID deal and the exercise there, but things are unraveling so quick now. It is kind of a pinch me moment, but it's the frog in the pot thing where it's a slow boil, slow boil, slow boil. But now it seems like we're sort of at this point, Professor, where we do sort of need to jump out of the pot almost because we're, we're, we're getting fried at the moment. Speak about that. Yes, you, you, you see, we, we, have, we have always had a, an understanding. Human beings always have had an understanding 
about really good and evil. And the idea has always been that even when we don't want to exercise good or embrace it, we know it's there and we know what it is. But now we play in this game of basically beyond so-called good and evil. You know, you get that title from the German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche. But regardless of the, the book and so on, he you, you realize that you cannot live beyond good and evil because sooner or later you're conscious about right and wrong. So to pretend to be beyond good and evil is literally to pretend to be a thing, an animal, an inanimate object, and you can't do that. So that that's very, you know, ironically, that's what Marx called the false consciousness. And that's exactly what they put in the world for us. We're conditioned to say, I know if I look that way, I see good. And if I look this way, I have evil. But let's not look anywhere and see what happens. And what happens is a total, absolute collapse of values that you're seeing. The last thing that you're going to notice, we notice in this world, is the political and the economic. When you see that collapse, you better ask yourself while wow, everything else is gone. The underpinning, the basement of the house is, is collapsed. And that's the moral and the spiritual. That's the reason that most people do not understand how important that is. And that's it, happening right now. And that's happening right now. And right so now. we have all these people talking about the markets and the inflation. This is all correct. This is true. Mm -hmm. But by the time you see that, it's basically you have rotted away the house. And now the people that are supposedly going to fix it, which created the problem to begin with, and that's going to be leftism, no doubt about it. It's the greatest cancer of the last hundred plus years, no doubt about it, more than that. And leftism would say, exactly, we create situations for you so bad that you're so hopeless that we will come in and we will clean it. That's what they're saying. Of course, mm. it doesn't work. That's the technique. Wow. I mean, what you say there is so important and to, to call out what appears to be a lot of this evil is coming from that Marxist left. Now, within the 330 million people uh, roughly on any given day here in, in our beloved United States, my sense is a lot of people don't really understand. You, you had referenced a moment ago, people understand good and evil. I'm not convinced that everybody really does understand this fight. If we take a look at our, how many, what percentage of our population truly get this? Do you have any sense or idea? Of, I'm just wondering how many people are so oblivious to us. They have no concept of what's really going on here with this fight of good and evil. And a lot of these people will continue to fight for the, uh, vote for the Marxist left, in fact. Where do we fall as a society here? Yeah, in several ways. I mean, we could get into statistics and things like that. Quite a lot of it. There's a lot. There's, there's more statistics and facts and data out there today than ever. But we also have a world that doesn't read and doesn't care to read. For example, if you look at the top 25 countries today with the most atheism, right? You, you, I'm going to just take you from like 62% up to China, 91%, which is, you, you would figure, because they're an atheist society on purpose. We know that. But places like Israel... 65% consider themselves atheists. Spain, 63. The Scandinavian countries, anywhere from 72 to 78. All right. Japan now, 81%. And America, supposedly 45%. So what happens is if there is no good and evil, none of this stuff that we're talking about would argue some of these, well, definitely the left. It's not about that. It's about changing the engineering of the human person, changing the DNA, changing the conditions, creating a utopia. And so, yes, you're right about the average American buys into that and says, if we just change the system, we will be fine. We paint the house and it's going to be a new house. It's not. It's the same thing. And you still have the termites. Wow. The numbers you just give out are, are earth shattering. I mean, I, I, those numbers that everybody just heard with the countries and then 
Then the U.S. at 45 percent, meaning we're sort of at the tipping point here as well, which we talk a lot about Judeo-Christian values here in our country, in God we trust, uh, you know, uh, all of the values that created our great uh, Christian nation seem to be rotten, as you just say, uh, in the core of the house uh, from the inside out, aren't they? Yes, they are. And you have to remember the, the key. We're talking the key here. Let's, let's not, you know, waste too, too much time with this. But the key is if you if you do not believe in evil, you cannot embrace good. Just as simple as that, because these things like back to that German philosopher, Nietzsche, he basically says, well, you know, we can't have opposites. We can't have a good and an evil. And people have bought into that. So if you have no concept of God, you have no concept of a supreme being, a being that is necessary being. It's a technical term, but it's very easy to say. Everything comes from that being. Everything else is contingent. Things that just happen. Yeah. Correct? Like parents are necessary to having kids or the kids are contingent. So if you have no good, no God, you don't have a concept of, of evil. You couldn't have it because you, you just don't have the mechanism to believe that there are forces that make us do or tempt us to do some very nasty things. Now, for human beings, we have to tie good and evil, quite frankly, in values with the idea of consciousness. That, that's another topic for another day. But this is exactly what happens with Adam and Eve. They have no concept of the material world. Matter for them is not destructive. Matter is simple. They just have bodies and they enjoy like child or, or kids, children. But once they become fallen, matter becomes heavy. It becomes a burden to them. And that free will that they were given now self-destroys them and, and, and becomes self-loathing because they have to make decisions. And this is what we have in the world. Here comes the left and says, but well, we will take your pain away. We will give you not only you know, psychotropic drugs and, and medications, but we're also going to give you peace and love that you will have forever. And that's called the nanny state. We will make sure that you never have to suffer anything ever in, in a private life or in public. Yeah, it seems to me that Satan is having his way with the with the entire world right now. So when I ask that question up front, who, who's winning, good or evil, it appears right now evil is winning this fight. Yes, and 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 also, I mean, if you, if you follow the the ideas of the Catholic, I mean, we say that that Satan is is the the king of this world. There there is no uh, no way around that, and so matter in this sense becomes corrupted and corrupting, and it decays human beings, everything from disease to nasty accidents. And so human beings now, ironically, are being sold this idea that if we just perfect it, this is what's going on with the new idea of artificial intelligence and all that, that if we just perfect the body, we will live, you know, 200 years, we'll live 300 years. We'll, to, to what point do we care to live 300 years if you are corrupted as an entity? If you're bankrupt morally and spiritually, right. all you're going to ha have to do, ironically, is get what more suffering. Yeah, yeah, and and really, our human body is not designed for what you explained there, anyways. I mean, there's a purpose to all this. It used to be uh, that people did live along, that means seven, eight, nine hundred years, as so the Bible says. Today, it's not that way, is it? Right? Yeah. yeah yes. Co correct. And 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 if 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 we went in for the Methuselah and, and these ideas yeah. of having lived this long, yeah. there might be something interesting about the idea that. The, the emphasis on, on, on the spiritual has to be first. And then the body is kind of a, you know, finds its nutrients in, in that. But we have no spiritual. We, the postmodern age is corrupt, morally lacking spiritual anything. 
And so we basically just living for the day. I mean, you talk to the average person and, and you, you almost have to feel bad for most people because when you talk to them, you, you don't see a shine in, 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 in their life. You know, you don't see sheen in their, their eyes. Mm -hmm. They're living for what it seems like just a kind of, um, I'm going to call it zombie or sonambulist moment here, which is day to day. For what? The whole point is to have a good life, a moral life. Amen. Amen. You know, my, my entire existence, my entire life here, uh, Professor, is, you know, been probably based on the fight of good and evil. I knew as a young lad, I mean, I knew right and wrong, surely. And I knew, you know, we're not with, without failure, uh, obviously, human beings. But it's what we do with that failure and what we learn from it to move ourselves forward in a proper way. Uh, and not wanting to harm to other other uh, other beings, uh, whatever that might be, in the fight of good and evil. And I've always been in the fight. And I've always thought for those who don't believe or believe anything, and you know, and, and this isn't about getting overly religious. I, I don't like to, you know, oh my God, we're getting over. It's got nothing to do with to me in my world at least. This is me speaking. I don't think it has anything to do with being overly religious. I think, and I think about. You know, the people out there who don't believe in this. And then, you know, what I, I really comes to my mind is, you know, like, OK, so the fact that we're here on this planet in the and I always say to listen is actually in the universe of universes. I mean, we're sitting here in this marvelous creation where everything would have had to been so perfect. I mean, like per, the sun has to be right there a little bit either way. And we're not we're not happening, kids. We're, we're just not happening. And everything else has to be just perfect in our world. The carbon footprint uh, for everything to turn green, what they're trying to use against us and the fight of energy and climate is exactly what we need to breathe. Uh, and it's like everything is upside down backwards. Right is wrong, wrong is white, black is white, white is black, so on and so forth. And, and I think about those people who somehow can convince themselves or others but again, they can do this. I'm going to suggest to you back because they're part of the evil fight. So it's not that they don't know. I think they're happy to pull the camouflage over your eyes based on the fact that they're part of evil. Is that is that uh, is is that correctly said? Yeah, I, I think so. In the sense that, in the sense that, I played this devil's advocate game here real quick. We we can be completely give up on religion. Let's just do that for a minute here. Let's completely do that. Okay, then fine. But why do we have to go then and embrace materialism all the way so that only materialism exists? If, if we, we, we want to say that God doesn't exist, that's fine. But can we still be good? Can we, be, can we have an existential purpose and a meaning? But the whole point is that the sublime, the idea of God, the idea of creation, the idea of I have a life that is more important than just the daily, that, th that has attendant values that go with it. The, the beauty, the the the... the the sublime, the love, but you, you have all of that stripped from you willingly by people who have put all their eggs into reductionism. Everything is reduced to biology, physical, physical processes, brain, and, you know, spinal cord, etc. And so if that's the point, then of course you just see yourself as a process of just basically kind of like, you know, moving through the weeks and months just to kind of get ready to die, I guess. That's what they've done to people. And this is why the state will move in and say, well, but we have something for you, which is you'll have no pain. That is very important because the idea of having no pain in the future is pe people have given away their idea of liberty so that the promise of no pain. I think about the what, what are the clearest indicators to us that evil is winning. So when we look at all of this and you look at society back to being up at 
up in space. Uh, we're going again north of 35,000 feet. We're going up 62 miles up to above sea level. And if we look back, as you say, back at Earth and we see everything that has become an unraveled, we're becoming unglued by the moment. We're a bunch of frogs swimming in this boiling pot and nobody seems to be leading the way out. And so I'm thinking, what are the most clearest indicators to you that evil is winning right now? So as listeners hear this, is it the mass shootings? Is it our education system? Is it dictators or, or despots and those who govern? Is it for our foreign policy? Is it climate change promoters or deniers? Is it the dismantling of America's energy? Is it crime that's running rapid on our streets? Is it the drug cartels peddling narcotics to our youth? What are, what, what are the biggest indicators that, pe that people can look at and say, wow, we're, we're really in a tough spot here. We need to do something about it. Sure. All of those are correct. They're, they're, those, quite frankly, are all processes of a humanity that sees itself as a material process. But before that, because we will always have those problems and worse in the future, without a doubt. I mean, we're going to get the gulag again. We, we're, we're on our way. The individuals that are running this administrative state in the world, these are going to be your administrators of the gulag. There is no doubt about it. If you look at history, these are the same people. But what's, what, what will you see from space? If you look down on ants in your backyard, you just sitting there in a, in a chair and you see them and they seem to have a purpose. They're going around doing their things. They don't even bump into each other most of the time. If you take that space view and you look down, what you're going to see is not a world in chaos because you wouldn't understand it. You came from somewhere else. You're going to have to come in here and ground zero. And I would argue what you're going to see is a humanity that has no purpose, no meaning, no beauty in their lives, no embrace of beauty, and then a moral crisis. You, you see that with the destruction. If you're willing to destroy yourself through, through, through suicide and all these destructive things, then the list of things that you mentioned, Malcolm, will definitely come last. But you've got to go to the undertow. You have to see what's going on under the surface. And it's a total breakdown of human beings, of absolute total nihilism, the destruction of any value. At the end of that, the great reason why we have to destroy the human person, break down the resistance to anything stupid and nonsense and evil, is because of resentment with Christianity. If we had no Christianity, we may never have had leftism. Yeah, you know, your, your analogy there to break it down and get more microscopic into human nature, and human beings is very appropriate. I, I absolutely get it. I mean, I, I like to start the conversation there, but you're exactly right. You've got to get right into ground zero and you've got to be able to look at this thing under a microscope to really understand, which is interesting when you look at the whole, the collective, and then look at the source of these problems that I just played out. One, two, three, four. Here's a difficult question for you with all that said now. Why is God allowing evil to win at this moment? Yeah, I, I think I go back to the idea that God has allowed, the idea has always been in the, in the Catholic faith, that God allows the Satan, Lucifer, to run this place. And he runs the place as the king of the world through, again, material processes. And we, 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 we see the face of Satan with the total embrace of the material. Again, artificial intelligence, transhumanism coming on, this idea that we're going to put chips. They already have chips. They're going to put the chip in your, in your brain and all this. This is, is definitely satanic. Why does God allow for, for good? Well, God, perhaps looking down again, if we would take that metaphor, is not going to know everything that we're up to because God would have to take a look at all of the possibilities of all the clashes 
between free will. Remember, we only measure in a materialistic universe our actions in doing things. What about the things that I did not do? How about all the people that did not go out and shoot up schools, which is just about everybody? What about all the people that actually got up at three in the morning and you know gave their child a medicine for a teething or something? And that's as opposed to the people that are throwing babies in garbage. So the, the clashes of free will, God is basically allowing for this, I think, because there is definitely a value system of an afterlife, that this is the arena where now you're going to prove yourself. And the afterlife perhaps has several levels of spirit that some of them are being so tormented, and this is going to be the ultimate, let's call it suffering. And yet you have, you if you're very prescient, you see that there are tor tormented souls in this world, a great number. And, and, and the effect is this destruction at the material level. So in a way, you can see going around the world here, you can literally see people's soul in a way and seeing the emptiness there. Yeah, uh, free will. I mean, that, that's exactly it. I talk all the time. That is the, that is the point of context that I put out, talking about free will and that, um, you know, th th that sizes everything up to me because we, we all know, we, we know what right is, we know what wrong is, and we have to make those decisions. And that's our will to be able to make those decisions. And, uh, you know, think about the people who walk around on this planet shooting people in the head and go home at night and sleep on their pillow and think nothing of it. These people are just lost souls in the deepest, darkest parts of hell, very clearly. So now the, uh, to bring this all to the crux now of what listeners are hearing in this fight of good and evil and all of the challenges we're dealing with right now. And, and, and it's a point to be counted right now. We have to, we have to be counted uh, for, um, for this fight that we're talking about and dealing with right now. So, how do we fix this? Is this is is this fixable? Is the it, it, and I, I and I get the Christianity component. We've got the good and evil. We're here at the fight. How do we fix this? And is it fixable? Yeah, well, it, it has to be fixable because if it's not fi fixable, you are only going to make it worse. You're you're going to have the whole world will be a gulag, no doubt about that. So how do you fix some of the, the, the problems? Again, the problems cannot be physical solution, economic solution, more money on bad ideas. You're going to have to have some sense of of transcendence. You're going to have to teach little kids coming up in the world like they used to be, to have a sense that this is not the end life. You must learn to lose some things in the short run. Very few people today are willing to lose anything in the short term. Get it? So you must learn to lose. You cannot fight everybody and everything. Your life is more than just getting you know, stuck in the matter here. So if you could just teach people to have values, that definitely are going to end up in the religious understanding of, of humility, of the sublime, of, of existential control over yourself, and see beauty in that, and understand your limitations. We have limitations. If you understand that you are in this world, and you are different from other people, and you have limitations, anything from intelligence to physical beauty to physical prowess, yes, we understand that. If you understand that you're willing to lose in the short term, for hopefully a greater life and a sacrifice for yourself and others. That is not something that we're doing today. And leftism says, we don't want you to do that. We want you to be an activist, go out there and create mayhem for everybody. That's the only way you're going to change the world, which is only meaning a physical band-aid. Hmm. 
And it, it puts in perspective the work we're doing here at America Out Loud in this fight or that we've been blessed with, uh, kind of the mandate, if you will, of our mission, um, and uh, which which reads right at the top of America Out Loud, uh, uh, Professor Gonzalez, and that is that uh, here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. And that's a lot to suggest. That's a lot to talk about. But right now, if, if, if we stay on this current track, we're going to go from broadcast the greatest generation of mankind to the most screwed up generation there ever was. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you if you just look at the people who are and this is very concerning, the people who are running, they're coming to the age of, um, I guess, the, the age of being in control, the Generation X and definitely the millennials. And you have seen how they have been brought up with the problems they've been brought up. These people are 90% atheists, no doubt about it. We've been teaching for a long time. I've been at, the, at that level. And I can tell you there's, there's some serious absences in those lives. And yet, how do you fix it? By more material processes, more drugs, more money into bad causes. And these are the people that are now coming up to the fore. Uh, you know, the, the, the boomers, myself, we're uh, you know on the way out. And our values now are being dismantled completely by people who clearly have nothing to put in their place. Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez, thank you for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday. This is to be continued. You know that. Yes, yes. Thank you. We, we, we can go on forever. The good fight requires that we are healthy. And my fellow Americans, the way to do that is to take healthy cell products, the micro gel. So they come in a little package. You can take it right out of the package. They taste great or put it in water, which is what I do. And you can take other things with it. Uh, the micro gel, you get maximum absorption into your body. That is the key. Their products are second to none. They're absolutely remarkably amazing. You can go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud and you'll, you'll get a sense. So let me just give you a quick example. The immune super boost, vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. This is a fantastic berry taste, a micro gel product. Fantastic. Take it every day. And uh, that, that's one I want to tell you about. The other one is focus and recall, which is for your brain, brain power. A lot of people have long COVID, brain fog, that sort of thing, or just everyday life, all of us. I take it every day. That's got a bit of an orange, uh, orange uh, tangerine taste, if you will. That's the way I'd describe it best. And that's a microgel as well. Put in a little water or right out of the package. Perfect. Take that every day as well. And REM sleep is another one, helps you sleep peacefully. It's not a sleeping pill, but you, it's a microgel again, but it gives you a sound sleep. If you take that every day, it, it is a remarkable product. All those products, 20% off your first order, our listeners will, will receive by using the code out loud or just click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. Check that out, healthycell.com. Now, in this continued big conversation today on good and evil, Dr. Jay Lair will join us next year. Uh, stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. 
The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and thank you for being with us today, friends, on the mission here. We're going to uh, t- turn it up a little bit right now here where Dr. Jay Lair joins us. And uh, uh, Dr. Jay Lair, you, you've heard the voice before, I'm sure, on the network. He's a senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition, former science director of the Heartland Institute, one of the smartest guys I know. Everybody on this show is top, top and on this program today. But he is also co-host with Tom Harris on the other side of the story. Fantastic program. Runs on Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, check that out uh, back at AmericaOutloud.com. It's an encore at eight as well, by the way. Uh, and they'll always give you the other side. And, and it's kind of good to look at the other side of the story. In this particular case, uh, Dr. Jay Lear, uh, you know, I have to tell you, the other side of the story, we're talking good and evil today. You, you've read that uh, pretty interesting piece there, Darkness Visible, When Evil is Unsuspecting. I want to ask you right out a, a tough question here, right out of the gate. And I asked this to Dr. Gonzalez as well. Why is evil winning right now? Because they are winning. Or would you or would you deny that claim? Because if you look at mass shootings, you look at the education system, you look at dictators and despots, you look at our foreign policy, you look at the climate change malarkey, you look at the dismantling of America's energy, crime running rampant on the streets, drug cartels peddling narcotics to the kids. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's an endless list. Why is evil, if they are winning, why is that right now, Dr. J? Well, uh, Malcolm, it's a fairly simple uh, answer. Evil is always winning. They have no ethics. Uh, Lying is a way of life. Uh, They hate themselves. They hate people. They are innately uh, cruel. And when you're that way, you win initially, sometimes short term. But you don't win in the end because eventually you are overriding all of the people that you have impact on and they finally cross the line of not putting up with it and they fight back. I mean, you can look at that in all the wars our country has been in. Uh, They push us up to a point and then they go too far. So in the end, they never win, but they're always winning because they don't play by their rules. And so you and I have talked about the fight between good and evil 
for many, many years. And it's a battle that will go on forever. Uh, we All the things you mentioned are happening right now. Uh, other things have happened before. I remember vividly the bombing of London prior to World War II or when Europe was in World War II, and it looked hopeless. But eventually, uh, they fought back. You look at all the wars, and you see evil winning up to a point, and then they go too far. And that is going to happen right now. They are ignoring the desires and likes of the population around the world, and they are doing crazy, insane things and getting away with it. But we're getting very close to the line in the sand, and the line in the sand in the United States is going to be drawn next January when we seat a House of Representatives uh, favoring sanity that will be a, a large Republican majority, but more importantly, the fight for the next presidential election will begin the day that we seat uh, the, the new House of Representatives and the newly elected senators, and whether it's Mr. Trump coming back or Mr. DeSantis or other very bright people, they are going to be able to point out in every one of their speeches what you just described, what has been going on beneath the rule of, of evil. And it's been going on for two years. So in the next two years, starting in January, it's going to be so easy to point out to the whole population what you and I have known for years. It is a battle of good versus evil. And good is going to be able to stand up and speak their piece for two years, which will lead us back to a winning presidential election. And at least in this country, uh, we'll begin the, the pullback. It may take a decade, but it's clearly going to begin when the election of 2024. And it's really going to begin in educating people when we start campaigning for the next presidential election this coming January. Now, in order for that to happen, uh, in order for everything to play out as you just explained there, what's got to happen is people have to, there, there's got to there's got to be that moment, uh, the rubber meets the road where, where, where average Americans begin to understand the fight here. We talk about Christian values in our nation and how far we have fallen as a nation, uh, Dr. Lair, as far as in God we trust, and, and who we are as a people. You know, there was a perfect set of numbers that uh, uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez gave us up front. And he went around the world pointing out different countries of how many believed, how many were atheists, uh, atheists. A lot of these countries, and he had a whole list of them from Japan and China and Scandinavian countries, Europe, they were in the 60, 70, 80, and 90% range of, of atheists. They have no belief whatsoever in good and evil because you have to believe in good to be able to believe in good and evil, you have to believe something. And most of these people don't. And the same thing back here in the United States, our number, he said, and I remember it stuck in my mind was, I believe he said around 45% uh, are atheists here, basically in the US. 
and that number is treading uh, is taking on water right now. But you see, in this fight, in order to pull off what you just say, we have to convince enough people, moderates and independents, left of center and Democrats and others, that the, the leftist is evil. The left, everything you described a moment ago is a leftist agenda, which is what uh, Professor Gonzalez pointed out as well, is very, very evil. How do we point out, are we doing the job we need to do? I know we try to do that fight every day here at America Out Loud, uh, Jay, but are no, we doing the no, job we need to do here? How do we do it better, brother? No. We are not doing it at all uh, because we've uh, in 1944 at the convention of the Communist Party of the United States, the leader of the party uh, said that the communists will take over the United States, but they will not do it under the name of socialism or communism. They will beautify the words of liberal and progressivism and democracy, and they will take over the United States under those words. And our problem is we have not called a spade a spade. The people who are liberals and progressives and saying they're the real democratic people, they are really communists. And since the, the communist investigations back in the, in the 50s, we've been afraid to use the word communist. These people are evil. Communism is evil. And the reason they've come on so strong is you've got all these very rich uh, people who have everything money can buy. What they don't have is power. And they're smart enough to know that you can gain power in a communist regime. You can't really gain it in a capitalist regime. So everybody on the, the jet setters that were at Davos last week in the World Economic Forum these people are after power. They really are communists. They may not even be aware of it, but they are aware that capitalism will not give the power they want. And moving a little away from Dr. Gonzalez's uh, tying it always to religion, whether it's Christianity or Judaism or atheism, I think it's more about psychology. A large percentage of the people will always be unhappy. And unhappy people, they hate their lives, they hate everyone around them, they hate the country they're in. So that I believe that the evil versus good is more of a psychological problem of personalities. I have never met a, an upbeat, happy-go-lucky liberal progressive, which ultimately become uh, communists. They are miserable uh, people. And uh, they are a significant part of this country. I would say a third of our population. So I don't know that it has to be tied to uh, religion and supernatural points of view, as Dr. Gonzalez wrote so aptly in his article. I think it can be laid at the feet of, of simple psychology. But we've got to wake up the public to recognize it is good versus evil. And the people who label themselves now as liberals and progressives, the billionaires that are sure they can run your life and the country's government better than you because they're so smart that they made all this money, they basically are turning to communism without even knowing it. Okay. Uh, so if we look at a pie right now, and we look at the far leftists, the, the, whatever you want to call them, communism, you're, you're correct. Marxist left, correct. Progressive left. There are multiple names, as you know already, that can be used in that space. 
And you're right. There, there is a tendency where people don't call them out for what that really is. Here, here's what's happening. I want you to speak about this. One of the concerns I have, that middle space, uh, Jay, that middle space of moderates, independents, left of center, the Democrat, the real Democrat Party. I'm talking the, the, those people right there who've gotten lost in this whole conversation. What I find a lot of Republicans do and a lot of conservatives do and a lot of our own writers do, frankly, and a lot of our hosts do, they use the word Democrat too loosely. And I cringe every time they do it. And I wish they would stop doing it. When you use the word Democrat so loosely as they do, you're insulting a whole body of people that you're not necessarily intending to insult. That middle aisle or those people right there are getting pulled into an agenda. When you insult them and make it personal, they tend to go along and say, well, I'm not going to give in. My great-grandfather was a Democrat. My great-great-great-grandfather was a leftist. And we're leftists. And we're going to go along with this. And then they'll sign on to that policy, not even realizing that it is going to tear them apart and destroy everything they see of value. I think we're not only are we not calling it what it is, but we're we're packaging the Democrat brand too whole in this fight of good and evil. I think it's a massive mistake. I think we need to start to identify those people are welcome into our camp and the others that are the extremist Marxist left are not. Am I making any sense? You're making more than sense, Malcolm. I think every word you said just now is brilliant and describes a significant percent of the population that will stick with the Democratic yeah. Party, even yeah. though their ethics, their values are no longer what were the ethics and values of their grandparents who were the Democrats and they just followed suit. But I think that group of people is getting narrower and narrower. And the practicality of every day in this country, when you go to the gas station and you pay an exorbitant amount to fill up your gas tank, when you go to the grocery store and you find your food bill is twice what it was uh, last month, and when you recognize the freedoms that are being taken away from you, uh, the line is being crossed for you. I honestly believe that every morning in America, a few thousand people wake up knowing they will not make the mistake come the next election or Mm. midterm election Mm. by voting for somebody with a D next to their name. They may not be Republicans. They may not be conservatives, but they're smart enough to know the people in charge today uh, are not doing a good, good for their own personal lives. And so everything is shifting. You will see it without any doubt in the election in November, and then you're going to be able to hear it in the debates that will go on daily, weekly, monthly by the people that are running for president that will be able to point out the horribleness that has been going on for two years, everything that you described a few moments ago. A big thank you there to Dr. Jay Lair. What a great, what a great conversation. I could not have been more pleased with than what he just delivered uh, to all of us. So you, you, you just... You, you got a lot out of that conversation. Before I turn the corner right now and bring on Pastor Rick Stevens, I, I, I want to remind you of our, the partnerships we have at America Out Loud are absolutely incredible. And they're all products that bring value to our lives is why you hear me talk about them. You heard me up front talk about Healthy Cell, of course, the value of that. A couple of other products I just want you to be aware of very quickly. Cofix RX. 
amazing, amazing. I've used, we use it personally. That's how I know my wife and, and myself and my wife's mom, it saved her from getting COVID. It's a nasal with the povidone iodine you put in your nasal cavity that gets those pathogens out of there, uh, whether it's SARS-CoV-2, superbugs, flus, influenza, you name it. Uh, it destroys the germs and the pathogens in the nasal cavity there. They, I know because my wife's mom was just using it every eight hours, every eight hours. And she did not get the COVID, even though uh, there was COVID in the room with her. Uh, it was absolutely remarkable. Anyways, we've had great success with this product. Our listeners get 20% off as always. Just use the code out loud uh, or just click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. Actually, you'll see Cofix Rx. Uh, dot com forward slash out loud. That's how you get that. The other products real quick, I want you to check out. And, and the way you're going to check this out, actually, is just get the free ebook. There's a beautiful, terrific ebook put together. And you'll see the ad back at americaoutloud.com. That's for the Genesis Fogger. You, you knew what I was going to say if you're a listener. And um, you, first of all, if you decide to get the product, you'll get 15% off the Fogger. Use the code out loud. But the Fogger is amazing. It uses the product HOCL. This is fun phenomenal for all kinds of things, whether it's smell and sewer backups, mold, but again, SARS-CoV-2, pathogens, viruses in the room, the HOCL goes into the fogger and it dispels the, that, that mist, a dry mist in the room and kills everything. This is what you want right here. This is going to be a household item, by the way. Uh, so genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud is how you get that product as well. These are all things that, again, bring value to our lives. So check them out. All the banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. Now, we're in the fight of good and evil. And that is the point of this big conversation today. And what an amazing conversation. I want to bring on next here uh, to really bring this to a head uh, for us all as Pastor Rick Stevens joins me. Excited to have him here on Viewpoint. Uh, and he is um, uh, a pastor at Diplomat uh, Wesleyan Church in Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, he is co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, uh, provides solutions for education in, in the great state of Florida. In fact, I just was telling some folks just, I think, yesterday, day before, about the work that he and Keith Floor are doing at the Education Alliance and all this. Is, I was just bragging about them, in fact, of the amazing work they're doing in education for our kids and our children. Uh, but that, that website, let me give that to you real quick so I don't forget later, FloridaCitizensAlliance.org is how you find out more. But if you want a great organization that's on the front lines for education, this is it right here. Okay, FloridaCitizensAlliance.org. No matter where you live in the country, it doesn't matter uh, because you'll get a lot of ideas from this. That's what you want to check out. So let's move the conversation right into, and now I really want to bring this to a head, and we'll talk a little bit about the education factor in a moment, because you have personal uh, experience there, uh, Pastor Stevens, but uh, I want to start off, and I, I, you know, in this amazing article, which I know you've read, I, I asked you to read it prior, uh, Darkness Visible When Evil is Unsuspected. Let me, let me ask you this and start right here. What was the takeaway from that, that essay after you read it? What, what's the big takeaway, please? Well, when I read it, I'm focused on the title and I said, when, when evil is unsuspected. And one of the first things that I think about when we talk about this concept of evil is we need to remind everybody, we need to remember ourselves that there is such a thing as evil. Too many people in our time have tried to explain one thing away or another thing away instead of looking at the things that happen, the things that people do, and calling them evil. We see all these 
terrible tragedies that take place. The school shooting in Texas just recently. And I said to people right in front of our eyes is evil. And we need to recognize that is evil and call it what it is, because when we see that it's evil, we know how to get to a solution. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of people are not seeing the evil. And, and in order to believe in evil, don't you have to believe in good? Well, exactly right. But people do believe in good. That's just how they define good that causes them to have trouble with evil. They don't want to think that there is such a thing as evil. And part of the reason I, I think for that is they don't think there's a remedy for evil. And of course, from the biblical perspective, from my perspective, there absolutely is a remedy for evil. And, and we need to embrace that. That's how we solve the problems of our age. Yeah. Uh, when we look at this fight of good and evil, and we understand there are a lot of atheists on the planet, there are a lot of people who don't have any faith whatsoever. They don't believe in good, and they certainly don't believe in evil. They just think it's a way of life. We, we have a battle in front of us right now. It appears to many that evil is winning. I just had this remarkable conversation a moment ago, too, with Dr. Jay Leary. He says, well... You know, evil wins these short little battles, but they don't win the war. He says they it seems like they might be winning, but they're not going to win the big the big the, the crescendo, the big moment. That's good. That's going to take that. But right now, free will controls the way people think. Pick up on that, please, and explain to people, to all of us, that fight of good and evil and what I just say there. Well, it's interesting that you had that conversation. I had a conversation last night with a group of people and someone mentioned, it seems like evil is getting stronger. And I listened for a minute and I said, well, it might seem that way, but evil doesn't have the opportunity to grow. Maybe we're seeing it more. And maybe because we are embracing evil as a culture, as a world, then it has more opportunity to, to be visible and to flourish. It definitely has to do with our choices. And a lot of people forget that they sometimes think that they are just driven one way or another and they don't have a choice. But the whole co concept of character and the whole recognition of good and evil is that we have a choice. We can choose that which is good, which God tells us is the right thing to go to do the right way to go, that which is morally correct. Or we can choose evil, the things that God says will hurt us and we should stay away from. Well, we're choosing the things that will hurt us, and then we're surprised they hurt us. Yeah, and, and yet they continue to make the wrong decisions, and uh, which is what we're seeing right now. We're trusting in leaders and people that elected office that are clearly part of a, well, leftist evil uh, agenda. Uh, and I say that. Uh, part of the problem is a lot of the moderates, independents, left of center are getting pulled into this fight. And I think what I just pointed out to Dr. Lair is, too many, well, patriots, Republicans, conservatives keep pointing out the word Democrat. I think we're doing a lot of harm to the middle aisle where they're going back to their families or others. And they're saying, well, uh, we're just going to keep, uh, you know, uh, promoting the Democrat Party, even though it is a leftist agenda of evil. What do you say to that? Well, I thought that some of those same kinds of things for a long time. And I tested my thinking one time at a Republican event and a couple of people came and talked to me. And I was asking them and explaining to them that I don't think the battle of our age is between Republican and Democrat. Now, I, th that being said, I recognize that when you choose a policy that is decidedly evil, uh, from my point of view, from most of our point of view, I think killing babies is decidedly evil. When you choose to embrace that, you have to recognize that. 
But what I said to these people was clearly what's going on today at all levels of our world is a battle between good and evil. And the way we solve our problems is to choose the good, is to follow what God says is good for us and avoid what God says is bad for us. It's not more complicated than that, except that we live in a world that says, well, I want to do whatever I want to do, and I want God to agree with me that it's good, and I want you to agree with me that it's good, and I don't want any consequences. And so we fall into the pit of choosing that which is bad and try to say, no, it doesn't matter. It's still good because I think it's okay. Well, free will again, back to free will, uh, which, by the way, Professor Gonzalez in that uh, essay talks about that uh, evil is uh, inextricably uh, tied to free will. Uh, this is one reason why free will is billed by postmodern uh, totalitarians as being a burden to man. This has the effect of destroying willful agency, which is the core of individuality and the building block of conviction and critical thinking. So I think people are there. I mean, we all have free will and people make the wrong decisions in life. Um, this whole I, bring this to a head now where I, I feel like, you know, you've heard you've heard the uh, axiom, uh, the frog in the pot. Right, Pastor? Frog in the sure. pot. We're, right. We're, oh, we're yeah. boiling. I feel like we're yes. a bunch of frogs in a pot right now. And that that pot of water is so hot. And I don't know how many are going to jump out and really change the course of direction or how many going to uh, succumb to the pressures of evil right now that are in that pot. Uh, how do we. Because uh, we're at a very interesting point in our lifetimes. I mean, we're at a very exciting time to be alive, but a very stressful time to be alive. Uh, people almost have to pinch yourself to believe all this is happening right now in ways we never could have imagined growing up as kids. Uh, what part of this is a real opportunity right now to get it right? And how much of this is a burden to society because we are succumbing? What are the dangers in that? And I guess the other big thing, and I'm throwing a lot at you here, but how much patience does God have at this point? <laughs> well, there's a, there's the $10 million question. How much patience does God have? Uh, historically, God has demonstrated enormous patience, but that doesn't give us any reason to think we should presume on his patience. And what it seems to me is that we have allowed ourselves, and, and you're mentioning of the, of the frog, that, that's a good way to look at it. We've allowed ourselves to just rather passively accept things that we should not accept. And we who care about all of these things need to begin to examine our lives. It's got to start with us. Everybody wants somebody else to fix it. But when it comes to the influence of good and evil, it starts with our choices. And we need to begin to ask ourselves, have I been choosing that which is best, right, and good, that which God wants me to do, or have I been allowing myself to slip into the what I, what I think is the mantra of our age among too many church people? Well, I want to do this so God will understand. Uh, I, you said it. I don't think God will understand. I don't think his patience is something we should be trying. And we who care about this need to examine ourselves and challenge ourselves and then start challenging our neighbors. We can live up to better things. Right. We have historically as a nation. It's our time to do that again and to show we can pursue that which is right and holy and good. Challenging the neighbors is the key to this whole thing, because we can sit here and talk, you and I and all of our listeners who have faith, and we would be talking in a vacuum, a vacuum of ideas and thoughts, but it doesn't really penetrate the bigger world. Back to our neighbors and what you speak about right there, that to me is key. 
in trying to pull in, it's really been part of my mission on my daily show and on the network here, is not to alienate all these people, but to take the high road and pull the moderates, the independents, the left of center, patriots, people who still love their country. Surely they may be a Democrat, but there's nothing wrong with that from a traditional sense of being a Democrat. It's just not a Marxist, communist, evil agenda of the far left, which is the problem we have. But when you look at the numbers Dr. Uh, Professor and Dr. Gonzalez showed, shared with us right up front, Pastor, uh, I mean, he said, well, listen, a lot of these countries, Japan, China, Scandinavian countries, Europe, you're talking 60, 70, 80, 90% atheists. Here in the US, we're, we're treading water ourselves. We're about 45% atheists, he said, looking at the stats and the numbers. Uh, and headed the wrong way. We're, we're becoming less of a Judeo-Christian, uh, Christian Judeo nation. So how do we penetrate those neighbors again? Because if we don't do that, we're just going to sit here and talk to it and we can amuse each other all day long, but we're not going to get the job done right or wrong. Well, that's true. We have to we have to penetrate the culture and change the way people think. One of the suggestions that I make to people is that we need to make choices that are right and good and do them on purpose. And then Sometimes that means we say no to things that our neighbors think, well, why are you saying no to that? Uh, like, for example, and this is a very mild example, but it's a start. Years ago, God-fearing people did not go out and catch up on their shopping on Sunday. All right. Now, I'm not here to be legalistic about stuff, but I am here to say, what if all of God's people started saying, you know, Sunday is the Lord's day. We used to call it the Lord's day. And, and no, I'm not going to go shopping. And our neighbors begin to notice that our lifestyle changes and we say no to that. And maybe there are some other things that we begin to say no to. We have slipped into an era where we used to have convictions about things that were guided by our Christian faith. And now we have kind of abandoned that. And I, I pray for a rebirth of conviction among God's people that says, because I am God's, I don't do this. I limit my opportunities or my freedom out of faithfulness to God. That's the pattern the Bible lays out from Sabbath observance to other kinds of things. And it's time for us to recapture that, not in a legalistic pressure sense, you better do that or else, but in a sense that that's how I express my faithfulness to God. And when we begin to do that and people see that our lives are different, that's a beginning to help that. And of course, as part of the process, we can also persuade them that it doesn't make sense for people to kill each other, for example. It doesn't make sense for us to steal from each other. Those are all things that God said are bad for us. That's Pastor Rick Stevens. Pastor, thank you for your voice always, a voice of clarity in uncertain times, uh, your impact and your presence on America, America Out Loud. We are truly blessed and, and appreciate all your contributions, sir. Well, thank you so much. I just hope I can make a little bit of difference that we're all trying to make. Yeah, you surely do. And you surely are. And um, my friends, uh, a powerful, powerful conversation today on Viewpoint this Sunday. This is a program you'll want to keep a close by to you again. I think it's one we'll want to listen to a time and time again. I just completing the thoughts on this. It's a classic uh, to me. And a tremendous thank you here to these individuals, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez, Dr. Jay Lair, Pastor Rick Stevens, uh, what a privilege it is uh, to participate with such uh, remarkable people that are in the fight of good and evil. 
Now, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. We surely are doing our job here. We're on the front lines of bringing that fight forward to understand. So I ask you to help us get involved in that fight and listen to the people and the, the conversations we've had here today. And let's make a positive impact on society. Thank you again, friends, for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.